Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast. It is Thursday, which is preview day, um, and as has became customary, Matt, um, you and me uh, doing the preview shows these days, the Magcasts. Um, but you weren't here last week, Matthew. And I'm Rory Fallow, by the way. Um, joined with Matthew Keelan uh, as usual, but you weren't here last week. Do you want to explain to the listener listeners why you weren't here last week? There was an incident, wasn't there, involving um, a car and. A bike and a pavement, <laughs> and, and some some concussion, which isn't funny. Yeah, we, we're laughing about this, but it was, it was quite serious it to be fair. Well, there was there was there were no jokes in the group chat until they realised there wasn't dead. Well, <laughs> some. Yeah. So. Yeah, we didn't we didn't wait very long until like when you'd like texted a few of us and sort of like let us know like what had happened. Um, yeah, but then I was like. Fine, wanna? Yeah. Well, ish. Well, as fine as I was before, which well, isn't yeah. really fine. Relatively speaking, yeah, but you're here now, back on the pod, back back, back, back to full fitness, you'd say. Um, Pre season sort of pre-season. levels, yeah. So, so are you gonna do just like sort of like two thirds of the pod and then have to go off? Probably be taken off at, at half time, <laughs> I would have thought. Just done a few shuttle runs before <laughs> getting So that you're caught on, actually, it does look like you're about to come on off the no, bench. No, like you've got no, no, I'm, I'm gonna come off the bench and. Probably change the pod. pod. Change the pod. (laughs) Turn it around. Well, it's nice to have you back anyway. And we're also joined, first time in a while, by journalist and sort of chairman, manager, all-round dog's body of Hilton. Extraordinaire. Yeah. Extraordinaire. Exactly right, Matthew, of Hilton CW. Gary Foster, first time in a while. Gary, how are you doing? Um, Good. Unlike Matthew, I don't have any fitness issues. I've more (laughs) passed a late fatness test to come on tonight. Uh, But uh, no, um, not manager of Hilton anymore, just chairman and all-round dog's body. (laughs) You've moved upstairs. Alex Ferguson. Upstairs, yeah. (laughs) Moving myself upstairs after realising I had limited uh, managerial abilities. I just hope it's not an Oli Gunnar Solskjaer appointment there at the minute. Is, is the current manager, does he not want to sit in your, your chair, in your chair, in your seat in the dugout? Is he not parking in your parking space? Uh, we have no parking spaces. But, uh, parking not available at Hilton CW. Well, he is parking, but we don't have our own parking spaces. But uh, the manager has his uh, seat in the dugout and I, I stay well out of the way because I tend to fall out with the players. So. <laughs> I mean, not, a little bit like, maybe, maybe a little bit like our own chairman, isn't it, Matthew? <laughs> well, is it? Yeah, falling out with the players. Yeah. I am come off Twitter. I'm come off Twitter. <laughs> well, that's all. That's don't always a good sign. Don't like, come off Twitter. If you've not came off Twitter, then that means things are going relatively well. Um, but we're not here to talk about Hilton CW. Maybe that could actually be. That could maybe be a podcast in the future. To be fair, we could do a Hilton special, couldn't we, Matthew? I think we should do it at Hilton as oh. well in the sports bar. A little. Well, let's let's keep this off air because we've got we've got to keep it top secret until right. until we actually do it. Um, but we're here to talk about obviously. Lovely Friday night game coming up this week. Uh, Doncaster Rovers at home, and as we've been doing the last few weeks, with it being January, we'll be looking over the January transfer window and as well as all sort of general goings on at the club. Um, but starting with a, a brief sort of look back to the MK Dons game, as we've not had our say on that, there's no reaction pod as well. Um, so we've just had the Monday one with Gareth and Stephen introducing us as the idiots, Matthew. Um, I, I prefer to think the, the enthusiastic, the, the, the fun pairing of the, of the Wise Men Say podcast. I don't know about you. Well, we can't say too much, can we, because of the legal, the legal processes with um, slanderous accusations. <laughs> Call them as idiots, but um, I, don't, I think fair to an extent, but... Yeah, you know, to, to an extent, to an extent. A positive sort of hilarious yeah. people, really, yeah. for me. 
And well, you? I mean, I mean, the intro of this pod is actually maybe testament to them. We are maybe proving them right. Uh, but on MK Dons, another great performance, another win, which means our last seven games, lads, won four, drawn three, and that would have us second over that period as well. And we just look really good at the minute, don't we, Gary? Like, the pressing looks good. The, there's so much attacking intent. We're organised at the back. It's just... It's such a turnaround at the moment under Parkinson, isn't it? From the past month. Yeah, we, we seem to be playing with a purpose and we seem to be playing a lot quicker. Um, obviously, I think we know um, what he said about bringing the, um, and then Nick Allenby in and um, the fitness levels and that. But we seem to like have a real sort of like I say, purpose going forward. We have a game plan, which we didn't seem to have when Phil first came in. And while we all sort of... Um, had a pop at Phil and had a pop at the club and I still believe rightly so back then uh, it's nice to be talking about something positive so uh, we, we might even not lose as many friends on the old social media <laughs> over it which is always nice Well, humble pie never tasted so good you, you touched on Nick Allenby there the fitness coach uh, who Parkinson has been talking about today um, and the difference he's made Parkinson's worked with him previously Matthew at uh, Bradford and Bolton it looks like his work, I'm sure it's not just all down in Nick Allenby, but it looks like his work's paying dividends, not just because of how like fit we look, the pressing's great, but less injuries at the minute as well. I'm, I'm firmly touching wood at the moment, at the table, just in case anyone thinks so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before the game. <laughs> had to call the game off. <laughs> we had to forfeit the game, 3-0 defeat. But it does... You know, less injuries and how fit we look in the press, and it's fantastic at the minute, isn't it, Matthew? Yeah, it's great. I think, like, being critical of him, if you listened before, of George Dobson for not being fit enough, and I think he's looked noticeably fitter in the last couple of games. Like, he's pressing, like, just harrying constantly in the late end of the second half, whereas before 60 minutes in, he's blown out his arse. And, like, if he's not, he's not the most gifted footballer, so if he's not, like, pressing and harrying and, like, yeah. running about all over the place, like, he's, he might as well not be on because. You know, like that's what he's on the pitch for. He's almost he's like a taller Luke O nine. Mm-hmm. Like he's limited technically, but he, he has like a good engine, which was previously for forty five minutes. Now it seems to be like a good eighty, getting a good eighty eighty minutes out of him in terms of like keeping that keeping that fitness up, and hopefully, like he's well, hopefully they're only going to get even fitter. You would have thought. I mean, and it's a start like. Smoking and drinking again. Name and no names. Name and no names. But no, it's a really, it's a really good point, and the you can see. It, I know when the team's playing well, they all look stronger because their their tails are up and chests are puffed out. But you look at like Wyke as well. Like he, he does, doesn't he, Gary? And and Maguire's chasing everything down. We know Maguire likes to sort of like get stuck in there, be a little bit of a shit house, but. It's just the, the confidence is there massively off, off the performances, isn't it? As we can go on all we like about game plans and stuff like that, but when you're playing confidently at this level, kind of what you were saying with Dobson there, Matthew, that he's got to be doing everything he can possible because he's not so gifted. Similarly, confidence takes you a long way, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, at any level of football, confidence affects you, and if you're in a bad run of form, every time something goes wrong, certain people, like certain players, might let their heads drop. There might be certain groans and gasps from the crowd, but when when you're on top, you're playing well, you're getting the results. People are going home happy. You know, there's a buzz. In, there's a buzz in the uh, stadium again, a little bit of a buzz. 
and that's got to lift players on the park and if things that are trying is coming off and it's working you've got to try and ride the wave I think if once you're on that kind of positive uh, vibe just try try and make the most of it and try and build on a run um, and we hopefully seem to be like again touching the table for the wood um, we seem to be doing that at the minute and um, hopefully it continues for a long time because you know I've touched on it a little bit earlier about the negativity um, like I say I still think it's justified but then the day we're all fans we all want to go and see the team win so we'd far rather be talking about good stuff than bad stuff just means you can't bury your head in the sand when there is bad stuff somebody's got to see stand up and say something but it's nice to come on and uh, have something nice to say and praise them for a change absolutely right and you go you mentioned the sort of it was bad a month ago like just over a month ago now this turnaround I honestly can't if Partington turns this around not getting ahead of ourselves but let's say let's say we do go up and again hand firmly on the table touching wood because there's a lot of work to do but look at there's a lot of mentioning of wood <laughs> just non-specific non-branded wood um, but let's say we do go up which is possible because as we've mentioned a million times on the pod the level of quality in the league is far less superior than it was last season evidenced by the fact that we've been terrible and we realistically could go up automatically if we do the turnaround of opinion in Parkinson I don't think anyone will have turned their opin- turned the opinion around with Sutherland supporters so much uh, um, people maybe say oh well Reid didn't start like you know he had difficult sort of sticky periods and, and Quinn as a player maybe might be another shout but not to the extent of the vitriol Parkinson was getting and again maybe justifiably so but I don't know Matthew can you think of anyone who's maybe even close to that really Mike it's I, I think no one saw no one saw this coming <laughs> no. like, I was talking to my dad about it last, like, last night and it was like he was like talking about it and he was almost quite like quite quite, felt felt quite bad yeah 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 like he was like I've like I wanted him like gone and like he's like imagine if we'd sacked him like no one would have came in and had this effect he said like no one no one would have like he's right like no no one would have come in like yeah you'd have probably got a bounce if it was Kevin Phillips you'd have probably got like a few more on the gate and you'd have got like that initial new manager bounce but like it's like Ant's triumphant return I'm a celebrity get me out of here <laughs> never thought that was going to be the one that you the one that you compared it to but I, I enjoyed that a lot yeah. uh, you know like Kevin Phillips is Holly Willoughby okay yeah yeah we'll take that um, I mean I don't know how you can follow that to be honest Gary but <laughs> but is, is again is there anyone who you can think maybe who would have had such a dramatic turnaround at Sunderland no, not at all. Um, I don't think I've ever known a Sunderland manager where the fans, myself included, um, wanted them out so early. Yeah, yeah. But we couldn't, we couldn't see, like, for not for the want of looking, but we couldn't see what the game plan was. We couldn't see um, how he was going to turn it around. We couldn't see. And to be fair, he has changed the way we were playing. Yeah. So yeah. if he'd continue playing the way he set us out when he started, then I, that nothing would have changed and we'd been in even more trouble but you, you know you go you watch the games you're a fan you, you give your opinion so you, you say when it's dreadful and you say when it's 
great and hopefully it's more great than it's dreadful but the Sunderland fans will know that's not always the case but you know like say I think probably in terms of bad results, I don't know if you would maybe compare it to Quinn before he brought Roy Keane in, in terms of how badly we... I mean, we we lost that game to Bury, didn't we, in the, in the cup when Quinn said, like, that was it for him as manager. So maybe the turnaround... Yeah. But that wasn't Quinn turning it around, that was Quinn mm. bringing some... You had a degree of sympathy with Quinn, didn't you? Because he wasn't supposed to be the manager. He was doing it because... There was absolutely no one else, wasn't he, Matthew? Uh, well, I have, I, I have, and I thought of this last night as well. There was a lot of reflection last night for me, and uh, <laughs> I thought of the there's a t- the turning point was, and I think the best thing that happened to us this season was Flanagan's goal incorrectly getting ruled out against Bolton because I think if we'd have won that game one nil, would nothing would have changed. Yeah. I think it would have like put like tracing paper over like huge cracks that we had and Parkinson probably would have thought well we've we've played like that yeah it wasn't pretty but we've won the game so I think not winning that game was probably the best result of the yeah. season No, that's a, that's a really good shout actually and it's led us to where we are now a really good run of results where you're kind of trusting Parkinson to bring in players not to sort of paper over cracks like you were saying Matthew but to sort of build on what we're doing and this week we've seen the addition of Bailey Wright come in on loan from Bristol City a move that's been telegraphed quite a while it's not a shock to anyone but adds some much needed depth to the defence if we're playing with three centre-halves we definitely need that and you know looks like a bit of a hard bastard as well I don't know if anyone else has seen that clip of him oh, winning yeah yeah oh, yeah were like, up, like really. absolutely crack the heads off each other. I don't know if you've seen it, Gary, and like he just doesn't, he just doesn't look like he flinches, does he? Nah, he just gets up. That's all I've seen of him. <laughs> so I'm more than happy with him. Okay, <laughs> a good name as well, strong name, Bailey yeah. Wright. Sounds like a solicitor, doesn't yeah. he? He, I think he, him and John McLaughlin are going to get on quite well because you know John McLaughlin is caught the corporate keeper. Yeah, the corporate goalkeeper and the um, yeah, the I can't think of another thing. For the centre half, um, just the solicitor. That sounds quite clinical, actually, doesn't it? Sounds, sounds, sounds the, solicitor. the solicitor. Like if he was in a gang or something. Oh, like yeah. if he was in like Lockstock and Two Smart and Barrels. There's yeah. like someone like Vinnie Jones said, or oh, the solicitor. <laughs> Our neighbours asked a, a good question in the in their program the other day, didn't they? Oh, because yeah. Maybe if we ask him, we'll have a very clinical answer for, yeah, for what he would dispose of a. A dead, a dead body. body. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, for, the, for the full context in Newcastle's programme, I don't know if you saw this, Gary. No. Um, was it Florian Lejeune who that asked? Yeah, I mean, it worked for him, didn't it? He asked him that. He but, yeah, twice. yeah, he scored twice in midweek. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're in Newcastle and we're talking about a Newcastle player, but look up Florian Lejeune Newcastle programme, you'll, you'll find it. It is quite funny. Um, but Bailey Wright is in, and you would think probably not in the starting 11, unless there's been any injuries, but in the match day squad, possibly. Apart from that, doesn't look like any other movement coming in at the moment. Phil Parkinson today said that we're not pursuing Liam Boyce from Burton Albion at the moment, the centre forward. Parkinson says um, would be one striker too many. And does that maybe highlight, Gary, the sort of the need to shift Greg and McNulty? Do you think he'd maybe have one of them gone by now? And, you know, he's worried if I bring Boyce in, I can't get rid of one of them. But we maybe can't afford to bring in Boyce until we get rid of one of them, maybe. I could be putting two and two together a bit and five here, but judging from what I've heard um, from the press conference from um, Phil Partinson, um, he was playing his cards very close to his chest. And I think, although we keep getting told by our um, 
the lovely man in charge of our football club that money isn't a problem you know it's grown in a tree in the back garden somewhere or him and Juan's got loads of it you know it's just uh, you know yeah very good that, that didn't that was on the mate you need to say that it's grown in one of them little trees next to the academy of life lovely stuff yeah so uh, reading between the lines and possibly getting it wrong I think, I think it's fair to say that unless we ship either Grig out or McNulty goes back and goes somewhere else on loan we haven't got the money for another striker I know we've been mentioned with like several midfield linked with several midfielders uh, Doherty came down from Rangers and apparently while money's not an issue uh, the wages were a sticking point from according to North Border we've sort of cooled interest on another couple of others and it could be that you know we're waiting to see who goes out and who comes in where elsewhere to see if we can get anything on the cheap but I think he also said today <clears throat> That there's um, certainly an injury to Elliot Embleton, and I think uh, Robson mightn't be available immediately either. So if he was looking to throw them two kids in as midfield options, that's not the case now. So whether he has to go back and look at his options, but we've been linked with I think it was a guy from Shrewsbury, Ollie Ollie Norburn, linked from Shrewsbury, another another midfielder a day, um, which. I guess kind of makes sense if the Doherty links fell flat now, which is frustrating if, because it did sound like a type of midfielder that we needed with Doherty. Norburn, again, a player that I'm, I'm not going to lie, I don't know a great deal about, but we need a bit more depth than, you know, you'd think it's going to be the type of midfielder, wouldn't you, Matthew? That's not a sort of lead bit of midfielder and is a bit more dynamic, hopefully. And we, and we need one of them, don't we? The only op- the only option we've got is like if you get an injury of power or or, or like Dobson now would be fair yeah. like he, like your options led better yeah and like it, that's not going to provide you with like with what we need because he won't have the intensity that, that, that the midfield's playing with like, even power looks noticeably fair for all he was always like never unfit like his game's changed and he's more of the midfielder that we th- like we thought we got at the beginning of last season and t- and to be fair at the end of last season yeah. when it like the, the Peterborough game and the um like the it, well he went off in the playoff final and it, it to be honest it, it, yeah, that that's think that cost us again because it, we didn't change anyway <laughs> but i think you're an injury away in midfield from a disaster at the oh, minute yeah. because like we'll play tomorrow and then realistically either you're not bringing anyone in before the Tranmere game if he's not expecting anything over the weekend that only leaves you till 12 o'clock on Monday to sign someone before the Tranmere game and you know you could probably if there's an injury tomorrow to one of the midfield you could probably no disrespect to Tranmere get away with Ledbetter in midfield against Tranmere but there's an injury there <laughs> um, you could probably get away with Ledbetter against Tranmere but like long term I mean certainly against Portsmouth away you're going to need some strength you're going to need some strength and depth because we need an option off a bench someone who isn't just going to come after 86 minutes and protect things you need like we need another box to box midfielder and because I mean it'd be well it'd be farcical if we, if we didn't bring one in to be honest and away from central midfielder I think if you look at the, at the lack of depth all around really it's great that we've been able to sort of stick with the same starting eleven. But if Gooch or Hume got injured, wow. it, it, it falls down like like a house of cards, doesn't it? We need to get either a full-back, who, uh, a wing-back, really, who can cover both sides. Because we're not going to sign two full-backs. It, that would be ideal. But we need a versatile wing-back. And then maybe a sort of 
winger, attacking, sort of attacking midfielder to maybe cover for a potential Gooch injury, suspension, tiredness. Even because you know the games will start, you know, midweek games playing on Friday, then playing on Tuesday, then Saturday. We we need a bit more depth, don't we? So. Is it a little bit worrying the lack of well, movement on incomings? We don't even have we don't even have a right back. <laughs> but we but like for all nines doing absolutely admirably there. Like McLaughlin's te- like you can't play him. Like you're an injury. You're all, like Gareth said this year. One injury away from having to play him. Yeah. And he's crap. Like yeah. he can't play. Like because he can't even move. Would you rather see? I don't know. That means you remove him from an attacking position. I think I would probably rather see Gooch going at wing back than Conor McLaughlin. Oh God! Like you, you can't. I know play. that gives you a problem further up the pitch, it but it does. But you could probably bring Notley onto the wing or what more. Yeah, you forget almost what more. Like he's come out of the team in recent weeks, but I think it is worrying. Like because they've been great, but it's a proper scratch team. Like this is like you've got no. You don't have an 18. Like no, you don't no. really have it, Ian. You've got like probably sixteen every week, and then two kids. Like there's been like uh, Samut's been on the bench a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. Um, I think the Brandon Taylor's been on the bench a few times. Obviously, centre half. But yeah, I'm I'm I'm, con- I'm concerned. While for all it's been great, like we've been excellent. Like we've been excellent with one team, yeah. and we've played another team and been crap. And so. Uh, that that's why the, opti- the optimism has got to be cautious isn't it Gary as much as we're saying you know this could be an incredible turnaround for Parkinson <laughs> we're one injury away from us all going oh god is this going to all go pear shaped but that's where the fitness is so important isn't it like you can't emphasise that enough can we you can't but also <clears throat> like Matthew said you, you can't do anything about injuries you can't so if we get one or two bad injuries again touching the the now familiar wood that we've been touching <laughs> this evening um, hopefully we don't but you have to you know you have to put plans in place for worst case scenario and I wonder you know if we'd managed to get rid of Aidan McGeady off the wage bill whether that might have freed up more cash to um, bring Parkinson's hope and saying when he was asked on McGeady today he said hopefully things will progress with McGeady so I think they are expecting him to go start tomorrow night because <laughs> Gooch has got injured um, but with McGeady I always thought personally it was going to be quite a late one though where someone gets a bit desperate maybe in the championship right. and is happy to pay the wages do you think maybe possibly I mean it might even be the case that he has to take a, a wage cut and whatever and uh, we just do whatever we need to do to move him on get him off the books I would like to point out that that loud, loud bang a few minutes ago uh, wasn't us actually trying to cut down Stuart Donald's money tree. <laughs> it, it, it was just something in the background. But, no, but seriously, no, I mean, like Matthew said, like you know, you've got Hume there, young kid who's doing brilliantly at the minute, but he he, hit, he was hit and miss at the start, and obviously because of the system, we were playing start of the season when he came, well when he came in. Now he's flying. But an injury um, or he's a young kid there's, a, there's nothing to say there won't be a drop in form because it's his first full season that's a, that's a really good that's a really good point like he, he's, he's had this before he, not to this extent he hasn't like when he came in last season he played really well Coventry and he got injured at Coventry and he wasn't quite the same when he came back he, you know he, he struggled I think when he was playing at, earlier this season 
he played at Lincoln and was taken off, I think, and he was, I mean, he was dreadful. So you, 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 that's, I think that's probably not being considered by a lot of people that he's played probably 20 senior games, games of football, like, and he's, he's gonna go off the boil, and we don't have an alternative. We don't, we, he's literally our main, him and Gooch are the main attacking things we've got. I just, just quickly as well, I don't see why it's gonna be, I don't see why it's hard to get rid of McNulty. I guess you don't know what the situation is with the, the contract with them. Have we? <laughs> I, I don't know how these loan deals work. Yeah, kind of ah, tack them back. Useless. <laughs> but yeah, it might. It could be a complicated one, couldn't it, Gary? It could be in the contract that we've said we'll pay X amount of his mm-hmm. wages for a certain amount of time, and by sending it back, do we send him back? Do we then break that? contract and have a penalty or by sending him back to early do we still have to guarantee to pay his wages unless he goes somewhere else it, it could be one of those things um, just touching on Gooch though as well obviously he's back from injury he's flying but he's back from injury so you know it's another thing to take into consideration how many games is he going to have to play on the bounce is he going to get a rest are we keeping an eye on him in case he breaks down again and if he does what options have we got and it's not many if any isn't it really um, I know we said we were trying to sound positive but uh, I really do think we need to still do a little bit more business in this transfer window if we're serious about going up which I think we have to be I think the owner has to be um, he wants to sell the club and it's a far better proposition selling the championship outfit than a than a league one outfit so if he wants he, if um, Stuart wants his money back or whatever money somebody else's money back I don't know whose money it was that paid for it originally um, but if he wants the money that he wants then he needs us to be in the championship um, so um, I'm guessing that we need to be serious about bringing some more faces yeah, in definitely. and if him and Juan have got the money like he keeps telling us they're going to have to dig deep and, and, and find it to bring in the people that we need we've got five days to do it now basically because there's nothing happening before the weekend and the, tra- the deadline's next Friday night isn't it or is it Saturday Friday whatever I don't even know it's like the 110th of January at the minute <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> don't know the never ending month of January um, yeah, but yeah there's, there's, there's a lot of work to do there and sort of to wrap up transfer chat the, the other sort of news was Logan Pye. We've lost him to Manchester United, 16-year-old, left-back. Obviously got quite a bit of talent, given the fact that Man United are willing to you know, want to take him. I don't know. Just his name. Martin Pye. Oh, sorry, mate. That was not, I, sh- I should have recognised that. That was terrible. Long day, long day. Um, but it's quite disappointing to be used to be not using we're losing them uh, these young players who you know when we've developed likes of Jordan Pickford Jordan Henderson and we've got players like Gooch and Hume in the side who are academy products it's disappointing to be losing them isn't it Gary when they could realistically be quite if they're that good comfortably in the first team it, it is and like we've already said we haven't got a great deal of cover at left back I don't know how far Logan's on with his progression of playing and whether it would be suitable for him to be an understudy to the first team. But the, the one good thing is, I suppose, if Logan goes on to have a successful career at Man United and um, scores the winning goal in the Champions League final, Paul Reek can always tweet about it and how well we've done. I mean, we should be selling off all these kids. We've, let, we've lost Sam Greenwood, we've lost Luke Stevenson, we've lost uh, another lad, who, Morgan Spencer, I think, who went to Leeds. Like, you know, and we're talking about the likes of Pickford and we're talking the likes of Henderson and how much money they brought into the club. 
even a fraction of that at the level we're at at the minute would be amazing and the fact that we're supposedly still a level one category academy and yet we're letting all these yeah of course people are going to want to go and play for big clubs and all that but these kids must be nearer our first team than they are to any of the teams they go to why not keep them for a year you know like well you're right but do you not think in current form he saw more first team prospects at Manchester United <laughs> <laughs> yeah you might be thinking that actually maybe watch that, watch that game against Burnley last night it was like I mean, hold on a second <laughs> play a left back for Manchester United <laughs> like, you could probably play centre you could probably play anyway. you could probably be manager to be fair at the minute yeah I mean it, you know we made a big thing about that academy and and these like led bit of came through it and Gooch and Henderson and and, and, and maybe not as many as we would have liked, but we just seem to be acid stripping the, that academy at the minute. And and how you know when these guys move on because they're only custodians at the club at the minute. When these guys move on, how much damage is going to have been done, and how long is it going to take for us to put it back right? And and, and what does it say to young kids that's coming into the club? You know, come to us if you you know we'll let you go if you any good if we make a couple of quid. I just it doesn't send out the right messages to me. And yeah, of course we're always going to struggle to keep players when Man United and Liverpool's interested and stuff like that. But we've never been in a better position to see that these kids stick with us. You'll get first team football for if they're good enough. A couple of years with us in first team football, they're still going to get the move, unless they get a bad injury, of course. But look, they're still going to get the move, and we can make a few quid out of them if they go into some of these bigger teams. You're right, and it, it is it is it is worrying. Feels like feels like we've gone on a bit of a downer. We started off very positive, and now we're talking about <laughs> we're, talk, we're talking about yeah, we're talking about like how, how all our players are going to leave. So I think you need to go and cheer yourself up. Do you know what the best way to cheer yourself up is? It's through a bit of retail therapy. You can go from the terraces. Oh, and buy one of them lovely shirts that you've got on there. <laughs> exactly, Matthew. Yes, you can. And do you know what? To make it even a little bit better, because we're all like, oh, well, you might be thinking, I've not, I've not been paid yet, and it's just Christmas last month. Don't worry. You're not going to tell us. There's not, there's not a discount code. Tell you what, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind a little bit of. <laughs> these are great, these are. <laughs> that, 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 that discount code over there. Yes, use WMS10 at checkout, and you can get 10% off a t shirt, a jacket, a jumper. Uh, Gilias apparently as well, Matthew. I don't know if I don't know if it's now or soon. Gilias are on the way, I think. Uh, I don't think they're in yet, but I, I think there is. Uh, um, they're looking to bring the Gilias in. There we go. You know, it's winter. Gilia, Gary. Well, it's a French influence. I don't know if uh, it would go down well at Hilton, but uh, you know, if you, you maybe know. you can be the one to sort of inject a little bit of European culture into into Hilton, Gary. Well, we're always looking to bring culture into Hilton. Uh, so far this season, we've had um, two Cypriots, uh, a Swede, and a, a Nigerian, and uh, somebody from the Congo playing. So we're a multicultural uh, side. So more um, international than Sunderland, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, the Gilias could come in really handy for the last from the Nigeria and Congo they're always freezing I've always got to buy them an extra jumper <laughs> well maybe you can get Tim Sherwood as your, your manager 10% off a jumper for them yeah exactly from the terraces from the terraces dot uk WMS 10 exactly and there's another one to come as well because as you've been, if you've been listening to the pod over the last few weeks and keeping an eye on our social media you will know that before the Oxford game me and Matthew are going to be there obviously but bef- not just at the match beforehand we're going to be at Phantom Brewing Company in Redden 
And again, I'm going to say what I always say when I've been plugging this, Matthew. People are going to be thinking, why would I want to go to Redden? Tell them why they want to go to Redden before the match. I've heard it's quite nice this time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, well, there is with, included with your ticket for the talking with Kevin Phillips. And, and me and Gareth. Um, the, and Tom Weiss from Sky Sports. Yeah, yes. and him. Uh, there is a, a return bus ticket from the brewery to the Kassam Stadium of Oxford, which is nowhere near Oxford, which is closer to Mars yeah. than Oxford. Um, so if you're thinking about going to Oxford, it's probably easier to go to Reading and then get Absolutely. get a bus from from uh, from Reading to Oxford. Yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. 15 quid, is it? 15, 15 pounds. pounds for your ticket. You know, you get a great talking. You, you know, you're in a brewery as well. Like, before on a weird day, you want to be in a brewery, don't you? That's ideal. They're going to have a Vox beer on. Matthew and Gareth are going to be on the panel. I'm going to be wandering around with a microphone, making sure everyone asks interesting questions to Kevin Phillips. Been? You know what I've managed to organise? What? A piss up in a brew. Hey, there we are, there we are. And as tickets are on sale as well, and selling, well, they are selling really well. So if you if you are looking, all the half gone. Yeah. So if you are looking to to, to go there and, and see me, <laughs> and see you, know? yeah, and a little lad called Kevin Phillips as well, I'm presuming. <laughs> Yeah, maybe there. Maybe. Matthew is going to be the Quinn. <laughs> Matthew is going to be the Quinn, and Philip. Well, Philip's just going to be Phillips. But yeah, over half the tickets have gone. So act fast if you want to go. You get the talk in. You get you travel to and from the game. It's going to be a great time. You know, first live show we've done since just before Christmas. First one we've done outside of um, Sunderland since. The oh, oh yeah, the Trekker so. Trade uh, final at Southwark Brewery. Uh, so another brewery, another successful piss up organised. We, we've got a type, don't we? Although the last live show was in a coffee shop. But yeah, get, if you go on our Twitter feed or go to wisemensay.co.uk, you'll find all the ticket information on there. We'd love to see you. Um, but on to tomorrow night, Friday night game, lads. Oh, Come on. Love, love. It's the best thing about. Oh, I was going to say best thing about being in the Football League. They do have them in the Premier League occasionally now. But. Night matches are great. Night match when it's Saturday the next when it's Friday night, like come on. That's what that's what we want. Pints before, pints after. It should pints be a real pints during, yeah, smuggle them in, hip flask for me. But it should be a really good atmosphere. Um just under thirty thousand tickets sold, so get yourself along if you can. But you know, to ramp our optimism back up, Gary, feeling quite confident going into the game, yeah? Definitely. Um if we can continue to keep playing the way they have been and I don't think there's really many teams in this division that you know, should cause us too much concern. Obviously, you've got to keep doing the right things, um, but um, if they keep going the way they have been, then I see no reason why we shouldn't be looking to take all three points again on Friday night. Well, tomorrow night now. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at Doncaster's form at the minute, Matthew, their last seven, they have won four, but um, they've also drawn one and lost two. Crucially, not very good away from home. They've won three, they've drawn three, and they've lost three yeah. as well in the league. So, you know, you look at that and you do think, lads, it's Doncaster. Well, we we played them what three weeks ago, yeah, and we played them off the pitch, and it was two one. But like, yeah, like you're looking at this tomorrow, and you really this is a a game where. The players should, well, we beat them comfortably at the end of last season as well. Yeah. Like, I know it's a difficult. I've made additions since then, but like that was a game last season where it was two 0 It was never in doubt that game, um, and even to an extent that that victory. I know it was a, a latish goal from Maguire uh, just after Christmas, yeah. but 
we were far better than them on the day and that was like when we'd been crap that was the first game of the of the turnaround really um if you look at the chance in that game Maguire hit the bar Wyke missed pretty much an open goal I think as well I think I saw a great fact earlier that Doncaster have played I think they've played 122 teams in the football league and the only one they've lost every game against or haven't beaten is Yeovil oh, no. Town <laughs> oh, no it's not really oh. guess who it is, is it? touching this is it Sunderland FC uh, yes it is <laughs> oh well so, uh, that's our weekend route tomorrow yeah. and just yeah so uh, Sunderland nil Doncaster 2 tomorrow. <laughs> hands back on the wood there thanks uh, Matthew <laughs> I'd like to apologise to anybody if he's uh, jinxed us <laughs> With with Doncaster, they, it is quite interesting. You know, Darren Moore came in in the summer and not really. They've not really built on anything. I know it is tough when clubs have been in League One for a while. They do get stuck in a rut, but they're just fairly similar to what they were last last season. Uh, top scorer Kieran sadly out with nine goals. Quite an interesting player actually. I was just reading up a little bit about him today. Twenty five years old, signed from Sligo Rovers and Cork before that. I think he came through um, West Ham as a youth player but does show that in you know nine goals I think he'd be our top scorer wouldn't he Gucci's top scorer with what about seven eight I think yeah he's got it Maguire's got I think Maguire might have ten ten for Maguire oh Oh, yeah, actually, this might be in all competitions for, um, for sadly. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not thinking that to be fair, but it does show you that, and it goes back to our maybe our issues with scouting networks. I'm not saying sadly as an amazing player or whatever, but nine goals is a fairly impressive return for someone who's playing in the League of Ireland. It shows if you if you're quite canny with your scouting, you can maybe pick up these decent players. But one bit of scouting which is quite easy for them, and a player that'll be returned to the stadium light tomorrow night Reese James oh, I forgot about that yeah I was fuming about that earlier in the season yeah. like, when you say about like strength and depth and that like, do it, like there's probably no one would have been better than to have his backup left back yeah. than Reese James just solid dependable player wasn't he Gary I'm, I'm not even sure he would have been sort of number two at left back because you'd be because of the because of the form that we had at the start, of the, well, the start, the middle of the season, whatever, he may well have gotten the nod before Denver Hume, mm. and he could have been first choice left back. Uh, why you would let him go when you haven't got a replacement just it just baffles us. Yeah, it was just put the money tree. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an audio medium. Don't just point to that. There's a little a small, tree. yeah, bonsai tree on the table in the pub that we're, that we're in. Bonsai tree, not bonanza tree. So <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, but Reese James, is, you know, he's beat his cowboys. Let's not slate them because this pub is very convenient to record podcasts in. So it's, a, it's, it's a fine, it's a fine establishment. A fine establishment. Uh, Reese James, twenty-two appearances, two goals for Doncaster as well this season. So let's hope he doesn't make that three tomorrow night. In terms of team lineup, it's been great that we've been keeping this sort of consistent. I know obviously Lynch came in for Flanagan against MK Dons, but unless Partinson, as you were saying before, Gary keeping his cards close to his chest so maybe he might not have given away any injury news but you're looking to keep that same starting 11 aren't you as much as possible yeah I think when you're winning and things are going right then you look to make sure you don't tinker mm. you know you try and tinker as little as possible and if it's working why change it I mean obviously might be horses for courses and he might see something different like against Doncaster that he might want to try but 
if he's going to stay with the same formation, if he's going to stay with the same game plan, the same system, then you wouldn't want to change it the way things are going. Just keep it going, keep building on it, and plenty more wins. Again, touching the old uh, wood, <laughs> um, and hopefully, come the end of the season, um, I'm. The size of me, I'm well known for eating pie, but I'll quite happily have a couple of extra slices of humble pie if uh, Phil can turn it around. Absolutely. I, would, bring, I would bring Flanagan back in if he's fit. I would bring him back in for Lynch. He's, he's better. At, he's he's better on the ball. He's better on the ball. He's more. He's quite. He's a threat as well from yeah. um, from corners and set pieces. Mm-hmm. He's played well this season, Flanagan. No, he, yeah, to be fair, he's been quite quietly integral over the run as well hasn't he and actually he's an, he, he is he is the option at fullback isn't he actually we were just touching on it before so that's he is he would be your right back option I mean I'd like a Tom Flanagan maraud forward now and again but not the amount that he would have to do it as a wing back yeah but he would be wouldn't he <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but well, it's, it's not good fault, man, but I'm, I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm bleeding yeah here <laughs> But given given the choice of Tom Flanagan marauding forward or Conor McLaughlin standing yeah, still, there's only there's only there's only one winner, isn't there? Um, so if if needs be, then it's an option. Hopefully we'll we'll manage to pull something out of the bag and get a couple of extra faces in to strengthen, and that should give us enough cover. But if not, I guess it's an option and one we'd rather have other than the the, the other McLaughlin. I guess. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But looking at tomorrow night, we've, we do sound fairly confident about about the result, lads. I I I think I think a win as well. I think really good atmosphere. Um, I was saying I was saying to you the other day, to be fair, Matthew, that this is typical something that when you're in a good run and you're really excited about like the match and it's like you think oh it's going to be a good atmosphere and you just limp to like a two 0 defeat. But I'm going to remain confident. I'm going to say another clean sheet as well, and um, I'm going to say two 0 win under the lights for me. For you, Matt? Uh, 6-0 for me. Sticking to what you'd made against Wigan, which which was close, to be fair. Can't knock that. And Gary, score prediction for you? I'm going to be ultra positive. Um, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet, but I think 3-1 win for the lads. 3-1 win. Nice that the positivity is continuing. Hopefully we feel just as positive when we're back for the reaction pod on Friday night. TFI, tomorrow, TF- tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. It's so exciting. Uh, TFI Friday 3. <laughs> TFI Friday 3 a long time listeners will remember TFI Friday 1 after the Atrian Stanley Friday night game oh, uh, uh, Doncaster because it was Good Friday oh yeah oh, that was good that one nice time wasn't it um, so we'll be back me Matthew and a, a cavalcade of wise men say drunken idiots yeah maybe and then normal service will be resumed with the sensible ones mm-hmm. on Monday and then maybe a reaction after Trammy as well so you're going to have loads of pods That's come and think birthday. of oh yeah yeah react on react to my birthday if anyone wants to send me some presents do that yeah. if anyone wants to buy me a pint do that as well what's your Twitter again <laughs> uh, well it's my name Rory M Keeling I didn't know if there was any numbers in it or anything I meant like your actual handle M underscore Keeling there you go. Come. Yeah, we knew that that was a, yeah, exactly for the Dars. But yeah, we'll be back on Friday night reacting. Um, so that'll drop Friday night, Saturday morning, depending on when it gets yeah, sorted. You would pro- Saturday morning, you'd probably. Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After all the liable has been taken out. No yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, hopefully, we'll manage to not be liable because we'll be in, you know, we'll be in good, actually, no, if we're in good spirits, more liable. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be back with a reaction pod at some point over the weekend. 
and hopefully it'll be a very jovial one thanks for listening